prove it, I'm ready to do it, I can't be afraid now Put me on the stage now, I'm ready to rage now I feel like an animal stuck in a cage and I'm ready to break out Howdy folks, Jamie Alton here and welcome to episode 5 of my 9 part series special that I'm kickstarting 2022 with. Over these 9 episodes, I'm going to be asking the same 9 questions to some of the top personal trainers, business owners, entrepreneurs and mindset coaches on the planet. And if you missed the previous episodes, make sure to head on back to episode 1 and have a watch or listen to that first. These incredible humans I'm interviewing have coached millions of people with their bodies, brains, and businesses. And some of these experts have built themselves multiple seven and nine figure businesses. Just on Instagram alone, they have a combined following of over 4.2 million followers and are some of the leading experts in their field. These experts will also be speaking this year at the International Fitness Summit in Lisbon, Portugal. And if you'd like to find out more, and most importantly, grab yourself a ticket to one of the most anticipated events of the year, head on over to internationalfitnesssummit.com. If this is the first time that you've tuned into my channel, hit that subscribe button and make sure to get those notifications because over the next couple of episodes, you're going to be hit with some absolute gems that are really going to help improve your life. The fifth question that I asked to the experts was, what book has had the biggest impact on your life that you have read in the last five years? Let's have a listen to hear what each of them said. I would say, um, I love the book Tiny Habits, which is a book written by a Stanford professor, his name's BJ Fogg, who um, is a behavior change expert. And he talks about, obviously, Tiny habits. So basically the power of how small incremental changes can drastically transform your life. Um, And I love it because one, it's very easy to read and understand. Like anyone could read it and follow along. And he provides so many practical examples of how to apply tiny habits into your life. And again, he challenges the idea that change does not have to feel hard. It can actually be really, really easy if you understand the mechanisms of behavior change. So I recommend it to everyone, tiny habits. I don't do that much reading, as you know. I read bits of lots of books. And funnily enough, one of the books that I thought would have a massive impact on my life was Essentialism by Greg McEwen, and I found it really mind-blowing. And then I didn't really follow through. I didn't really implement a lot of the things. I love sort of stuff like Willpower Doesn't Work and a lot of the self-help books. In fact, your book was probably the first self-development book that I ever read. So that did have an impact on my life as well. But in more recent times, And I do this because I would like to just choose something a a little bit different to what I think a lot of people might be thinking or saying. Because I think think in this, we always think about things like self-development books. But for me, one of the things that I've learned over the last sort of 12 to 18 months is the benefits of things like mindful practices and stuff like that. And we've, we've talked a lot about through, you know, not necessarily being so experienced with things like actual meditation you sometimes end up focusing on things that almost force you into meditation, like going for a C dip or something like that. And one of the things that I've found has helped me a lot over the last 18 months is, is baking. And during like lockdown and things when there wasn't a lot to do, I would find that something that I would find really helpful would be baking something because it would completely 
consume me mentally because I didn't know how to do it. It wasn't something I, that I was naturally good at. I had to follow instructions carefully, but also because your hands are dirty, you can't look up stuff on your phone and scroll through social media. And so all of those little things would end up meaning that I would spend an hour, an hour and a half involved in a task that not only was enjoyable in itself, but that also resulted in creating something that would have a positive impact on my enjoyment of the day, but also something that I could share with people who I cared about um, when I like at a time when I couldn't necessarily even see them, it was like a, a way of sharing food with people, even if they didn't always like the food that I shared with them. Um, so the book that I will choose for the answer to this question would be Food for the Soul by Lucy Lord. That's a really hard one. And I will put my hands up because I used to be quite um, embarrassed about this, but I don't actually read very much. And I think so obviously so many people do. I mean, I read a lot of research, but I don't read a lot of books. Uh, something that I've read recently, because it's the only thing I think of, was Man's Search for Meaning. I think that was quite eye-opening to me. Um, and that whole, like, really what I took from it is responding, not reacting to things, and, like, taking a pause and considering your response and not just being like, oh, well, you know, when this happens, this happens. I always respond in this way, and it's like, no, that's your, your power is to respond the way that you want to respond. And... I'm not saying it's easy. Like, I think everyone has that innate, like, this is my knee-jerk reaction, but you still have control over that. And that, that to me, would be, like, the highest achievement is to, like, truly control your reaction to things. I was in Croatia. I was at a festival. I had such a bad come down from partying that I was twitching when I was awake. Usually, if you partake in the recreational, it's a little bit too hard. You twitch when you're falling asleep. I was twitching wide awake my serotonin and dopamine were rock bottom. So I decided to do a little trip to the waterfalls with my friends to fathom any energy or positivity. And in that minivan, there was an American dude with his laptop out. I was like, what do you do? He's like, I'm an accountant. I go, what are you doing? He goes, I'm working. I was like, shut up, no you're not. I was like, how can you work from me? And he just goes, read the four hour work week. And I was like, okay. And I wrote it down and when I got back, I bought it, my friend saw that I bought it, and he was like, oh, it's got good principles in it, but it never really worked. So it sat on my windowsill for about another month. One day in August, sunbathing, I needed something to do in the garden. I was like, oh, I'll give this book a read. About 20 pages in, I text my mate, I go, have you read this? He went, nah, I read the back of it. <laughs> and he was like, it just didn't make realize it makes sense. And in a stage of my life where I wasn't sure what I was gonna do with it, there was uh, one sentence that goes the opposite of happiness is boredom. And I realized I was bored, although I was financially successful, although my business was successful. I was existing within a disease of boredom and I needed to change something and went to Australia, which turned out to be the best decision I ever made. That's easy. I've only read one book in the last five years. <laughs> um, so actually, no, I've, no, it's not in the last five years. I would say, uh, so Richard Branson's autobiography, that um, uh, Losing My Virginity, which I read 20 years ago. And I, what I took from that was, I was a PT at the time and working in a gym, and, and back then all my income was linked to the amount of hours I worked. And actually that's when I came up with a supplement business because I thought actually I've, I've kind of hit the goal here because I'm out of hours. And when I came back from, I read it in, in Florida, the, the book, and when I came back, I set up a business which was the supplement distribution business. Um, I can't think which part of the book made me do it, but I did, was definitely reading that book. And all of a sudden I got sort of an unsca a scalable income that wasn't, it was linked to my time, but it was, 
I could make a lot more money for the for the, for the time as opposed to say doing you know one on one training and, and just you know working. I was earning two quid an hour in the gym less actually. I was seventy quid a week. I was earning in a gym. So um, yeah, it would be that uh, that and and actually then and then in the last five years probably the books that I had to read to revalidate my pilot's license. One, I'm such a book fiend. Um, probably. It's got to be a Brene Brown book. Maybe, maybe um, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. She is a storyteller, PhD writer. She's m my complete idol. And she talks a lot about shame, vulnerability, authenticity. And that is basically the, like, the core values of my business are authenticity, integrity, compassion, all the things that she, I suppose, introduced me to in some way. And she has this statement that says, shame corrodes the very part of us that is capable of change. And that's usually, and it's not today, but it's usually in all of my presentations because, again, in the fitness industry, we're moving out of it, but we're such a shame-focused industry. Shaming people for being overweight, shaming people for not wanting enough, shaming people for not grinding hard enough. And we know that that's really stifling to people in terms of being able to change, but I'm a scientist, so I never had that idea of the background to that. And she introduced me to like, the social side of things and the therapeutic side of things. So uh, any of her books, but Daring Greatly, I think is the best one. The book that's had the biggest impact would be Essentialism by Greg McEwen. And the reason for that is that like a lot of young guys that started running businesses, I became very enamored with saying yes to everything. A lot of projects, a lot of adventures, a lot of businesses, a lot of experiences. And it leads to you becoming a jack of all trades and a master of none. And the core message of essentialism is to focus on the vital few, not the trivial many. And this was, it was such a core antidote to a lot of the problems that I was seeing in my life in my business, in the way that I was trying to structure myself. I was spread so thin, I was never gonna become particularly good at doing any one thing. And stripping that back and constantly just having it in the back of your mind, you'll see somebody do something, one of your friends will go somewhere new or start a new project or achieve something and you get this sort of FOMO jealousy around it because you think, oh, that looks awesome. I wish that I could do that. But when you've got the essentialist's mindset, you think, okay, does it fit into the vital few or is it in the trivial many? And it's always in the other bucket. And as soon as you do that, it just allows you to be so relaxed about, not, about all of the things that you're not doing. Because by definition, we are not doing far more things than we are. You could be doing an unlimited number of things and you get to choose this tiny little sliver. You're this finite creature surrounded by infinite options. And yet essentialism was a great one. An honorable mention to the Almanac of Naval Ravikant which is an absolute monster of a book. And for anyone that hasn't read it, I highly suggest you go and get it. It's free on the internet. I have read one book in five years, I think. I, I, I might be making a massive mistake saying this. Um, proofreading James Smith's book. That's the only book I've read. Um, he sent me his book and said, can you just have a quick look through and just see if there's anything that you think you'd like to correct? And because I said yes. I was like, I can't send it back and say it's all fine unless I've read the whole thing. So I read through his whole book and anything where I was like, you might want to change this or, or tweak the wording or whatever. I think that's the only book I've read. Um, I read so many research papers that I never prioritize picking, an, picking up an actual print book. I don't even consider it. I, I enjoy reading research papers and I read so much of that that I can't even remember the last time I bought a book. I don't think my book 
in a couple of months. <laughs> oh, five. Oh, shit. Wow. Values fact that Dr. John Martini. I worked with Dr. John Martini last January and it blew me fucking head off. Like it, lot, it, it got rid of a lot of guilt around working, a lot of guilt around loving what I do, a lot of guilt around um, not being present with my family sometimes. And it just tuned me in to why I, why I did a lot of what I did. So that's an amazing book and he has this test that you do that shows you what you actually value, not what you think you should. I learned that values were like behaviors rather than sh social idealisms. Yeah. After, you, knew, you thought I was going to say Byron Katie Love and What Is, because that's hands down the best book I've ever done. Yeah. But then you said five years, I'd probably say values factor. And I'll throw in, you'll have read this as well. I, this is the third time I've read it. The first two times I thought it was shit and I hated it. But I picked up essentialism again this year. And I was like, yeah, it makes a lot. I just, do you know when, you, do you know when you've read a book a few times? And sometimes I'm like, I can't even remember this. I, I mustn't have been, you know, when you're not ready to hear it. There's another one called We're the Superior Man that I'm reading right now. First two, third time I've read it, I fucking hated it the first two times. I was like, this is bullshit. But it's like you're mature. And you're like, actually, that makes a lot of sense. But there's so many things in my life where I've laughed. I've laughed at them before. Laughed at meditation. Laughed at yoga. Laughed at jujitsu, which is now my favorite fucking thing to do. Laughed at journaling. Laughed at Instagram and something. Laughed at editing videos. I remember, I know we're going to get into business in a minute, but I remember last year, Darren was always on my case about doing these jump cuts. And I'm sure you probably put them on a jump cuts, right? And uh, I was like, nah, fuck it, I'll just do these raw things. And then he edited one for me, and it fucking blew up. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things, you know, is I've d I think for everyone listening, if you develop this little, I'm willing to be wrong on shit, I'm willing to be proved wrong, I'm willing to be a little bit more flexible with my mindset, and and that's helped me grow so much. It's mad. Fuck jump cuts. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I feel like this just one is difficult because I am definitely the creation of multiple aspects. But I would say the first book, so not the only book, but the first book was The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Um, and I was going through a lot at the time, a lot, a lot. And um, I was given this book as a gift by my very good friend, Jill. And she said, you need to get your shit together. And this is how you're gonna do it. And she was like, read this, absorb this, understand this, and then apply it. And I was like, okay. And I read it and I thought, absolutely no one who got to where they got, that we know where they are, got there easily. Um, and it really helped me accept where I was and what I was facing and how I was gonna get through that and understanding that diamonds are forged with immense pressure. And that's what I was about to become. So I, it's been a couple, but I would say, I don't necessarily think it's impacted my life per se, but I recently listened to the audiobook of The Irrational Ape. I don't know if you've, you've read that one. David Robert Grimes, who is a cancer scientist. Um, but he is, you know, basically the whole book is just completely debunking things, whether it be kind of anti-vax or, you know, the way he described processed meat and the link to cancer was absolutely amazing because what I got portrayed in the media was if you eat more than 50 grams of processed meat per week, you have an 18% higher risk of getting colon cancer. But actually, when he chunked down the stats, it was 
and just the way that things are reported, it was, it's just a phenomenal book and I'd recommend, especially in this day and age with vaccines and things like that. Um, so I would say that it's, it's just, I would recommend that kind of book. Um, in terms of a book that's had an impact on my life, I think the last kind of three years, Atomic Habits, and I think a lot of people will have read that. It's just so simple. And by the end, when he, again, I love audiobooks as opposed to reading them, because you can go and walk and stuff like that, or cook, or go to the gym. The last kind of paragraph was just so simple. And I was just like, you know what? If ever I get in a pickle, I'm just going to remember this last paragraph. And it's like, small changes lead to remarkable results. That's it. You know, you don't have to go crazy with making huge changes in your life. And Because I'm still guilty of it. If I want to change something, I will immediately think, what's the quickest way that I can do X, Y, or Z? never really works out, does it? <laughs> the one that's at the forefront of my mind is Lost Connections, I think, by Johan Hari. Have you read Have you read it? Brilliant book, really, really good book. It kind of goes, it's aimed towards like anxiety and depression and more kind of the, the mental health side of things. But I just think he writes so eloquently and like the author speaks around things like anxiety as the body throwing up red flags just to be like, oh, something's a bit off here with my values or, um, you know, the way that I'm living my life. And for me, I just can't shake that out of my head now. So that's probably one that I've gifted the most to other people as well. So probably, yeah, Lost Connections would be the book. When I had the biggest change in my life, when I was going through the biggest change in my life, it was the subtle art of not giving a fuck. It, it was that. And I know probably a lot of people are going to say this and a lot of people have read that book, but I think it's for a very good reason. And again, even the book itself is something that is very simplified, just like what you said. It's the simple things that make the biggest impacts, right? And when I read that, it was so much clarity into, fuck, this is what I actually think, but why am I not doing it? And the minute I took charge of that, my life completely changed. It went from putting myself first and since then, things like this are happening. Because if I didn't, then you wouldn't ask me to come sit down to talk to you. This, this isn't the easy one for me. It's probably one of those books that is all a lot of people probably read. And it's a sort of lot of, of not giving a fuck. The reason why is because it was when I was coming to my last year in the police. I was reading that book. I think I was doing an audio version when I was doing my walks. And I was having a proper shit week. I just got bought a brand new car, crashed that. I've lost my phone and my granddad had passed away in the same week, who was very close to as well. And I was like, the world is just absolutely shitting on me at the moment. I, I have like no motivation to do anything. I'd rather just sit and sit at home in my bed and do nothing. And it was, it was sort of through reading that book and thinking what my greater purpose was and what I'd actually wanted to achieve and how much those those things actually impacted that. And obviously, the passing of my granddad was a big thing, but he was one of those people who, for everything else, whoever, when everything else was going on, and people in fa my family were saying, he'd stay in the police, he'd stay grounded, keep a career. He was one of those people who pushed me to do more. So thinking about that element was really impactful. But then also thinking about my car, my phone, whatever else had gone wrong that week, I didn't really need those things for, in order for me to progress personally with what I wanted to achieve. So taking that from that book sort of, my daily cup of fucks and where I was pouring those into and making me 
sort of think about that and where I was, I was putting that energy into massively changed my perspective, especially in that week where so many things were going wrong and I felt like this was the, the worst point in my life. So that helped just kind of switch my mindset a little bit on what I was doing and kept me moving forward with the journey. There's two. First of all, yours was the first ever audiobook I ever listened to and I made Duran listen to it. Like as soon as he met, I was like, you need to listen to this guy, this, this and this. So I think that was more of a turning point of like a f from a fitness perspective. And there's one called The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Hands down, probably the best book I've ever read for like life, life changing for, I don't know if you've read the book or if you've heard of it, but it's basically about this girl who like, she's like, I'm ready to commit suicide. I don't want to be here anymore. And the book kind of takes you through of the library of what would have been her life. So she goes into this library and she can pick a different book. And every book is how her life could have ended up if she'd like made one different decision. So it's kind of, when you read it, you're like, oh, if I hadn't done that one thing, if I hadn't, ch if I'd changed one thing about this one time in a day, like some of the outcomes where she was like an Olympian or she got married with kids or they owned a pub or this, this and this. There's so many different things when you read it. I think it has quite a lot of like critical thinking in your own head when you're reading it. So yeah, that was a good book. I'm very much a people person and I did think about this. So it's probably not a go-to business book or anything like that, Surrounded by Idiots by Thomas Erickson, which is around the notion of communicating with people on their terms, that often our frustrations with others isn't actually about them at all. It's our inability to communicate with them effectively. So we should cater for that. And that's by, in, in essence, emotional intelligence. Um, and with that comes understanding other people's life experiences, developing empathy, which we're not always in the fitness industry great at seeing pe seeing things through other people's lenses so that prompted that I, I think that's always been an important thing for me but I reiterated a lot of the, the points around people because essentially people are at the heart of our businesses I'm not sure where along the way we've drifted away from that I think sometimes um, there's one I think it's called mindful muscle muscle mind muscle mind for mindful muscles <laughs> Mu muscle mindset, mindset and muscle. Jamie Alderton's number one bestseller. What was it? Mindset and was it muscle? Mindset with muscle. I was very close. Other than your books, what have been the best books I've read? Um, oh, to be honest, I don't. I honestly don't read that many books that necessarily have a profound impact on on the way I think or the, the way I do things. Um, I've read probably four or five books in the last four or five years, um, and none of them have had a massive impact on me. So uh, I might have to skip that question. Sorry, Jamie. Your book was definitely the best. Ooh, ooh! I'm I'm a big bookworm now. I love reading. I feel like in lockdown, it massively helped me. One of the books I did read last year was The Chimps Paradox. For me, I have anxiety as well. So, and it comes and goes, it's very variable. But The Chimps Paradox, the way it speaks into two different brains, I've never resonated with something so much in my life. So for me, I could understand why in certain situations I was I was feeling this way. Oh, it's your chimp talking. Oh no, it's your human brain. And it's allowed me now to sometimes sit back for 10 seconds, just be patient thinking, okay, how would I respond to this? How do I feel? So for me, that was a very big mindset shift. And I'm going to read it again. I, I just love it. It's a fantastic book. I'm assuming you've, you've read it. Yeah. 
It's, it is. It's an awesome book. And I think as well, if you're, I guess, like new to reading, because some people feel quite overwhelmed by like big books and pages and all this. It's a very wonderful book to read. There's like descriptions, there's pictures, there's images. It helps you go through and understand through diagrams as well. I'm quite kinesthetic and I, I enjoy that when I'm reading. So I think for someone who's just, I don't know, people want to get into reading, don't they? It, it's a perfect starter. I'll tell you there's one book I read and I'd done his course. Don Martini does a breakthrough experience, which I did with, with Marsha. I just believe that both of us, it's very important for us to go on a journey together in our relationship. I don't think there's anybody who has not worked through things in their relationship to realize that communication is the most important thing. And Marsha and I did a, did a breakthrough experience with him and I really struggled to get it. It's a really, really challenging process. So I read the book, his breakthrough experience book, and in the book, even though I'd done his course, it talks about managing your emotions and the emotions are in control. And once our emotions get like a coffee cup, if your coffee cup becomes full in the morning, so if you wake up and your brain's fried with self-doubt, fear, anger, resentment, frustration, guilt, you don't have much energy left to give to the rest of the day. So this whole thing with personal trainers and fitness professionals being burnt out, they're not burnt out because they're coaching. They're not burnt out because of what they're learning. They're burnt out because they started the day burnt out. And they're overwhelmed, stressed, frustrated, angry, resentment, comparison, the whole thing. And the analogy that I was shared through that experience was, we've got to do everything that we can to control our emotions. And in the morning, I wake up very calm and I read and I'm grateful. Um, and Marsha and I do a lot together to talk about how we feel. Um, and managing your emotions and understanding what they are. And if I see something that has a downside, it has an equal opposite upside. And when you can see a downside and an upside, you have a balanced perspective. When you wake up with a balanced perspective, you're a lot calmer. And then I can, people always ask, how the freaking hell do you do so much in a day? I'm like, because I wake up with very minimal stress. And then I can rattle through my day and at nine o'clock I'm still buzzing. Whereas if you wake up with a lot of anger, frustration to other people or events or whatever, that in itself starts off the day with very limited energy that you can give to the rest of the day. So it's something that I help a lot of coaches with is managing how they feel about themselves and to themselves so that when you love you, not only will the world love you back, but when you love you, you'll have a more productive day because you can give more to your day. And so that, um, you know, with us, everything, we've got business and marketing and sales and everything. But to apply all the stuff that we teach in business to an emotionally unstable person is creating more overwhelm. So to create that stability allows you to build more on from there. And to me, that book, uh, I studied his stuff five, six years ago, but to reread it recently has made a huge difference. One of my most inspiring books was a book called On Letting Go by a guy called David Hawkins. It's a bit of a spiritual text, but the whole concept is around surrendering. Uh, especially to certain events in your life that have maybe derailed you at one point or whatever, and just literally leaning in and trusting in the flow of life and knowing that life has an outcome and usually in many ways, shapes and forms, that leads to a better outcome. It leads to acquired wisdom that allows you to make better decisions and grow yourself as an individual and develop your identity as well. So understanding and trusting in that flow and predetermined theme of life where your chaos often turns into your, you know, your best life ultimately you've developed skills wisdom awareness 
that's just a beautiful belief to hold in your heart and to you know approach life with that so if you are going through a tough time you can relate back to right this has got some meaning in it what does it mean for me what can i take from this and where can i utilize it moving forward because typically any frustration or overwhelm in your life is a uh, a sign that you need to do something so.